0: For all things sports, the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest the stories, and every personal takes, you're listening to Sideline Story.
1: Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be discussing the new season of the Chinese Super League, which will begin over the weekend. Yang Guang, I'll start with you. Of course, this is very exciting for Chinese football fans and viewers of the Chinese Super League around the world. And um, there's a lot of exciting games that are on the way. But just in the beginning of the season, just from your perspective, what does the return of the home and the away format mean to the league, clubs and the fans? Uh,
2: well, it means a lot. Uh, we are finally able to be back to the stadiums to watch the football league of our own. Uh, I might not have watched a lot of Beijing Guans game. Uh, in the past 10 years, I lived in this city, but I'm very much glad to have the option to do so. And uh, I've been there a couple of times. I have to say the atmosphere in the stadium was awesome. Um, I, I note clubs and uh, players sacrificed a lot in the past uh, three seasons, having to play under a closed-loop management. They must have gone through some mental stress to, to keep the games going. Uh But there's no way around to to keep the league running, and eventually the home and away games are resuming. First of all, for the league organisers, it's definitely a a reset button for them to bring sponsors back to the table to talk about investment, because there would be more broadcast to viewers and uh, sideline commercial activities. Um, A professional football league needs money to run properly and uh, expand its influence. The pandemic disruption took a toll on the financial aspect of the league severely. Um, Stats have it um, that each club got an equal share of 60 million yuan from the Chinese Super League in 2019. And guess what? This figure dropped to 8 million yuan last year. 60 million to 8 million, an 80% plunge. And Actually, official sponsors for these season's Chinese Super League still dropped in number to just three. Last season, there were a total of six sponsors. This decline in finance for the league may not hit the bottom yet. But as I said, with the teams traveling again to play, fans going to the stadiums again, sponsors will come back and the CSL will be financially healthy once again at some point in the future. Uh then for the clubs, I guess it's I guess it's the same. Um we know there have been clubs quitting the Chinese Super League or even dissolving because of financial troubles like Wuhan Yangtze River, Guangzhou City. Uh the most renowned case would be twenty twenty champions Jiangsu Suning, Quite embarrassing to have to re- dissolve the next season after winning the title. Some clubs couldn't even afford players' salaries. Uh, With the return of the home and away games, most importantly with the return of fans, ticket sales will boost the club's profits. Shirts and other club merchandise will also help with the team financially. Clubs would be able to keep quality players attracting sponsors. It's a positive cycle. Um, Then there's no need to stress the significance of the home and away games for fans. It's everything football is about. Uh, going to the stadium and support your home team. It's its the engine of football development. So um, I guess it's now a new chapter for Chinese football this season. It has come through a dark tunnel.
1: Yeah, look, I think the pandemic has definitely taken its toll. And um, after three long seasons, it's just incredible to have fans back. It's incredible to have, you know, the ability of clubs and players to have that financial support system back. Um, So things are looking really positive at this point in time. Of course, like you said, it really has been through the the CSL, I mean, through a really dark stage. And, you know, some clubs have really struggled. Some have dissolved. You know, there's been issues with player salaries, sponsorships, um, and just general overall financial struggles. But just to have, you know, from a pure footballing perspective and excitement perspective, just to have fans back in the stadiums, the opportunity to you know, uh, sell merchandise for the clubs themselves, you know, to have the atmosphere back for the fans. Um, I think it's going to be a really exciting new chapter for the CSL. So hopefully now the league has turned a corner, you know, things are back to normal. We've got fans back in the stadium and hopefully things can really kick off from there. Um, Tianyu, from your perspective, the return of the home and away format, um, do you also think it's really important to the league, the clubs and the fans? And, you know, what does it mean to you as well?
0: Yeah, I would say resuming the home and away format means a lot to Chinese football. In the past three years, uh, we Chinese football fans were having a hard time. We had to watch games online, especially after the Chinese national team was ruled out from the Qatar World Cup. Chinese football devotees can only watch teams from other international leagues playing and hear crowds of fans from other countries chanting in the stadiums and for the players in the CSL they had to play in an, in an empty stadium in every match for the past 3 years and without the chanting and cheering from their fans they were also suffering from low morale and a lack of devotion and this was also taking a toll on the quality of matches as well the games tended to be sluggish and lengthy without the thrilling atmosphere created by their fans and now everything has returned In last week's CFA Super Cup final between Team Wuhan and Team Shandong, about 27,000 fans swarmed into the Huanglong Sports Center in Zhejiang province. We're finally able to watch the games on the spot without traveling abroad, and the loud chanting and intense combat between two teams are also coming back. So it's fair to say the fan culture is an extremely important element of football matches, and they're also contributing, contributing a lot to the financing of the of the clubs, as Yang Guang mentioned. The sales of the tickets have been really hot in different cities recently, as fans are desperately to, uh, desperate to shout out for their home teams. So yeah, everything seems to be a fresh start for the Chinese Super League. The Football Association has also been uh, dealing with a corruption problem lately, and it is also ordering every single club to pay the players salaries on time. And also we are seeing the rise of a bunch of homegrown coaches and players coming up in the league. And the gaps between different teams are also narrowing as the games get uh, gets increasingly intense. So there's a lot to expect for the new season of the Chinese Super League.
1: It's definitely fantastic to hear that the players' salaries are going to be paid on time (laughs) and, you know, that rules are being put in place to protect the players and the clubs. And, yeah, look, you know, football, I think, is one of those sports just globally that was most impacted by the pandemic, not just financially, but just from, like you said, a footballing perspective. I think the fans have, you know, the in-person fans have such an incredible impact on the way that the game is played, the passion of the players, the drama of the game. And when that element is taken away, it really does change things. Look, I think even without the fans there, I'm, I'm sure the players were putting in as much effort as they possibly could. But I just think it's natural that when you've got thousands of players, of fans shouting for you and supporting you, it just gives you that extra boost of energy and just creates a different atmosphere, You know, not just for people in the stadium, but for the actual players themselves. So yeah, I think things are looking really good for the new season. And you know the return of fans and the return of home and away games... It's very exciting for the CSL and it's really looking like a positive stage going into the new season, which is really, really fantastic for everybody involved. And speaking of, you know, the action happening on the field, of course, there's going to be a lot of clubs involved in the title race and there could be potentially some surprise packages as well. Yang Wang, who do you think will be competing for the title and who could be one of those surprise packages?
2: Uh, Yes, for the new season, I believe last year's top clubs were... remain title contenders, but uh, I expect more clubs to join in this race. It will probably not be another scenario where Wuhan Three Towns and uh, Shandong Taishan duel for the championship. I would say Shanghai Port and Beijing Guan are in high hopes of joining them as the first-tier contestants. Wuhan had a miracle season last year, winning the title as a promotion site. A dream year for them, it would be Even more miraculous if they could lift the trophy once again this year. Uh, But it's possible, I guess. Uh, There are 16 teams instead of 18 teams competing this year's CSL. So it means there may be fewer odds for top teams and their players can well rest between the matches. The fixtures won't be packed. Uh, Then I think Sanjo Mighty Lions might play the role as the biggest dark horse. Uh, actually, last, last year, they already showed that they had this quality, beating eventual winners Wuhan, powerhouses Beijing Guan and Shandong Taishan. Um, this season, they've introduced uh, seven more players, including Dutch forward Lucardi Leonardo. And he used to be the first choice striker, ahead of Cody Gakpo at Einhoven. So there's definitely more to expect from Changzhou this season.
1: Yeah, those definitely sounds like some good choices um, in terms of competing for the title and potentially some surprise packages as well. Tianyu, from your side, do you agree with um, Yang Guang's choices there of title contenders and surprise packages, or do you have any other clubs in mind?
0: Um, Yeah, last season, it was Team Wuhan and Shandong that really stood out among all other teams in the Super League. They both had 78 points and were 13 points ahead of the third-placed Team Zhejiang. And this season, they're also definitely going to be in a title-contending group. Team Wuhan just signed Wei Shihao and uh, Yan Dinghao and strengthened their forward line. And judging from their performance in the Super Cup final against Team Shandong, they have got a pretty strong squad in this new season. And Team Shandong also replenished their squad in the winter transfer window. And apart from the two teams, Shanghai Port and Team Beijing are also looking pretty strong. Shanghai's got Wu Lei and his teammate during his La Liga time, Vargas. The attacking power for Shanghai can be short. And in the midfield, they have former Chelsea player Oscar, and on the defense line, Zhang Lingpong and Jiang Guangtai. Both of them are excellent defenders. They're going to play against Team Wuhan on Saturday, and I'm sure it's going to be a pretty amazing game to watch. And also, I think Team Beijing is going to be one of the favorites in the title race. They signed... Four new foreign players in the season and the domestic players are also pretty good in the league. As long as the foreign players can quickly adapt themselves into the matches in CSL and integrated well into the team, they still have the ability to vie for spots in the AFC Champions League.
1: Yang Guang, Tian, you already touched on a couple of players to look out for going into the new season of the CSL. Are there any other players that you can think of that we really need to be keeping our eyes on in the beginning of the season and throughout the entire season?
2: Uh, yeah, um, talking about the players, um, definitely Wu Lei would be um, the player I, I want to watch um, this new season. He's now the number one athlete on the Chinese national team squads. Uh, one of the best strikers in the league this season. He returned to the domestic league from Spanish club Espanol Midway last season, so he had to spend time to adapt to the teammates at Shanghai Port. Uh, still, he scored 11 goals in 12 appearances, very efficient. So I'm very much looking forward to his full season this year. Um, he's definitely in the contention to fight for the Golden Boot Award this season. Um, another domestic player I want to check out is uh, Wei Shihao. He joined champions Wuhan from relegated Guangzhou FC. Um, he used to be the golden boy Chinese fans held high expectations on, uh, but his performance has been somehow um, inconsistent. Um, with Guangzhou, he ha- he was definitely a cool player uh, with a lot of tactics uh, revolved around him, but with Wuhan, he needs to readapt and uh, will face more competition, I guess, on his position, a new page in his career. Um, As a national team member, his performance in the new season will, of course, uh, under the microscope. Um, Wuhan's new striker, Aziz, from Ghana, will also draw attention as he's the replacement of last year's Golden Boots Award winner, Marco, who left Wuhan this season. It will be um, difficult for him to fit in Marco's shoe, because the Brazilian striker had a fantastic season last year. Um, A lot of pressure on the new striker, Aziz. It will be interesting to see how he will handle it.
1: Yeah, those are definitely some players that I, I think we need to be keeping our eyes on as we enter the new season of the Chinese Super League. And Tianyu, from your side, are there any other players besides the ones that you had already mentioned that we definitely need to be watching?
0: Yeah, I'll pick Ling Liangming. He is the player I'm going to cast my eye on in the new season. He was famous for being selected in the Real Madrid B team when he was 19 years old. And that can serve as a testament to his potential. He is now playing for Team Dalian and has become the mainstay for the team at a young age. And having been trained under the European youth football league he's got exquisite skills and controlling techniques and also a very strong body that can help him win body confrontations even though dalian is not a favorite is not even a favorite in the league i'm still very much looking forward to what surprise he can present to our fans in the new season and hopefully hopefully he can become the next star center forward that the Chinese national team can count on in the near future.
1: Well, it definitely sounds like there's some very exciting players to watch and teams to watch as we enter the new season of the Chinese Super League and, of course, having the fans return. And, of course, we are going to see some clubs using some new home stadiums. Yang Guan, can you tell me a little bit more about the new infrastructure that we may see?
2: Uh, yeah, for Beijing fans, the, the new Worker stadium is something everyone has been anticipating for years. The renovation work of the old stadium was finished this year, and now it has turned from um, a traditional multi-purpose stadium to a brand new professional football stadium comparable to World Cup arenas in Qatar last year. Uh, The opening ceremony of the new Chinese Super League season actually takes place there. It now can accommodate 68,000 spectators. Uh, I have to say the new appearance of the worker stadium reminds me of um, Maracana. Um, The home stadium of of Brazil Both with its um, exterior and interior look Um, There are now four floors of um, stands All in green, the color of Guan logo Uh, The track for athletes has been demolished So fans can be closer to the pitch Uh, There are newly added club shops Renimated dressing room, benches and uh, screen I I believe it it will definitely raise fan experience and quality of the games. I can't wait to watch to feel it. Uh, Similarly, Shanghai Shenhua and Tianjin Jinmen Tigers have also upgraded their home stadiums to modern football-purposed venues. Clubs like Qingdao and Chengdu meanwhile will use newly built stadiums this season. And actually, these new stadiums were all built for the 2023 Asian Cup, which was originally scheduled to take place in China, uh, across eight cities. Now the Asian Cup has been moved to Qatar um, due to the pandemic, but the stadiums remain as the homes of the local clubs. They definitely upgrade uh, the level of the football infrastructure of China. Uh, with these stadiums, I, I would say China is now capable of hosting a FIFA World Cup, something every every Chinese fan is looking forward to.
1: It's definitely fantastic to hear that there is upgraded and new infrastructure being uh, implemented amongst a couple of clubs. And I think it's going to have a fantastic impact on the games played and for the fans involved. So it sounds like there's going to be some really new, exciting developments to look forward to as we enter the new CSL season. Tianyu, from your side, is there any infrastructure that you can tell us about and the use of some new home stadiums?
0: Uh, Yeah, a lot of the clubs are going to have their new home stadiums like Yang Guang mentioned, uh, Team Beijing, Chengdu, and Qingdao, as well as the two Shanghai teams, are going to use their new professional football stadiums immediately. And among them, I have been pretty amazed by the panoramic view of the Phoenix Mountain Sports Park in Chengdu, Sichuan province. The stadium is really vast and beautiful, and it can accommodate up to over 60,000 spectators and has equipped with uh, being equipped with mostly natural grass fields. It's definitely a FIFA-level stadium, and it has been equipped with three giant LED screens, which can offer live streaming games and playback footages. And it also it also has top-notch acoustic devices, which can both reduce noise pollution, but also ensure the sound quality for the game watchers. And also a big highlight for the stadium is its environment friendliness. Its ceiling was made of low-carbon materials, which can effectively filter out ultraviolet rays. So, yeah, a pretty amazing stadium. I I am starting to envy the fans of the Chengdu (laughs) team who can enjoy such a great facility. And also for those who plan to go to Chengdu, watch the games of the Super League this season, the city is also famous for all kinds of local cuisines. (laughs) No one should miss out on hot pots after going to Chengdu. Mm. And, you know, after enjoying the game, you should really have a taste on the delicacies in the city. Yeah, and apart from the Chengdu Stadium, as Yang Guang said, the Beijing team is also going to use an upgraded brand new stadium. The Beijing Workers Stadium also looks really fantastic with more seats, more professional grass fields, uh, and large screens of higher definition. The Beijing team is also well known for their passionate fans. So, Brandon, as you are going to come to Beijing soon, I strongly recommend you to have a shot at watching games in the stadium (laughs) and feel the football atmosphere in China.
1: That's definitely something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to experiencing the the atmosphere from the Beijing and the Chinese fans as I enter these new and exciting stadiums. It sounds like there's a lot to look forward to before, during and after the games, Um, you know, not just from a a food element, all of those things that you (laughs) mentioned sound fantastic, but also... From an aesthetic point of view and just, you know, um, from an environmental point of view, it sounds that there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to. So, yeah, I cannot wait to get to Beijing and experience the fanfare, the stadiums. It sounds like, that, like there's a lot to look forward to. I cannot wait.
2: Uh, yeah, by the way, Brandon, I'm very curious um, because South Africa hosted the 2010 World Cup. I'm just curious uh, how the stadiums of that legacy are maintained now. In the future, we might have the chance to host other major tournaments. I'm just curious how uh, South Africa's experience would be learned by Chinese organisers.
1: Look, I think it's a different different perspective here. Um, You know, of course, um, the 2010 FIFA World Cup in South Africa had a huge impact on, um, you know, the local and international football scene in South Africa. Um, So, of course... Fans and players all of a sudden had access to really fantastic infrastructure. Brand new stadiums were built and, um, you know, players and fans had access to world class stadiums. There was um, a lot more accessible infrastructure in terms of um, entering and exiting the stadiums for fans that were walking towards the stadiums. And there have been some issues in terms of... um, you know, the, the stadiums being used for more than just football. So, for example, rugby is an incredibly popular sport in South Africa, and so is cricket. Um, and those sports also attract a lot of fans, but they already have their own stadiums. And a lot of the clubs um, from, and the national teams even, from those two sports were reluctant to give up their stadiums and make use of the, you know, the more modern and more expensive stadiums. Uh, but those transitions have been happening more frequently lately. So, for example, in Cape Town, um, the South African national rugby team, as well as the local rugby team, the Stormers, um, have been using the DHL stadium, which um, they previously weren't using. They were um, us- usually using Newland Stadium, which is a stadium that's been in Cape Town for, um, I think, over 100 years. And it was eventually demolished and turned into... Um, you know, uh, a residential area. And now, you know, we've got multiple teams and multiple sports using the the brand new world class DHL stadium, which I think is really fantastic. And that's also starting to filter across um, a couple of other stadiums as well. So yeah, I mean, there are some, some elements in South Africa that need to be worked on, particularly the transport for the public to and from the stadiums. But in terms of the usage of stadiums that were built, you know, over a decade ago, that's still going strong and they are also constantly being maintained and upgraded. So that's also really fantastic to see.
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to keep the business going for the stadium, whatever purpose it might be involved with. Um, it can be concerts, it can be football games.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think sustainability is key. You know, I think, you know, a lot of input and, um, reconsideration and effort needs to be put into, um, you know, the the maintenance of those stadiums in terms of, you know, constantly upgrading and making sure that other individuals, teams, and even the public getting involved in using those stadiums. So I think it just requires some creative thinking um, and people changing their ideas in terms of what stadiums can and cannot be used for. Um, And I think that that can be achieved, not just in China or South Africa, but around the world. So I think that's an incredibly important element, especially when know a lot of money uh, um is put into stadiums so i think it's very very important that there is multi-usage and continued usage and upgrading of stadiums around the world and i think that china is definitely leading the race in that and we saw it um you know starting from the winter olympics in beijing Mm -hmm. and and and, well we even see it as far back as the 2008 games that even you know those stadiums are being you know upgraded and reused and and everything like that so Hopefully the world takes note of that and um, that continues, not just in China, but globally. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic and we will see you then.